Hello and welcome back to the Reformed Affections podcast. Today I'll be doing an introductory episode on who is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the foundation of the Christian faith. It is who he is that is the foundation and what he has done. The foundation is not in his great moral teaching or in his healing miracles. So there are two main things that need to be stressed as to who Christ is essentially. Firstly, that he is God. Secondly, that he is man. If we give up either the divinity of Christ or his incarnation, we lose the atonement of mankind and any hope of salvation is lost. And I think that the best way to get into this introduction is to go with the gospel according to John in the first chapter as he unfolds the divinity of Christ and the manhood of Christ. And he begins by saying that in the beginning was the word. And here we find the first title to describe Christ. He is the word, the Logos. Later we are introduced to Christ as the light, the way, the truth, the life. There are many ways to understand parts about Christ, but I think that none are more important than the truth of his divinity and his humanity. And John tells us that the word was with God and the word was God. This is all set in the beginning, before creation, before time even existed. The word and God were together. But the verse does not allow us to say that Christ is just the first created thing that is almost God-like but not actually God. And it also doesn't allow for him to be a special created being in relation to the Father. Instead, it tells us that the Word was God. The Word is God, was God, and has never not been God. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Again, all things that were made were made through him. We don't have, firstly, the creation of Christ, followed by the creation of all other things through him, but all things were created, were created through him. Christ is the object or instrument through which all things exist and are sustained. Life is in fact found in him, essentially. He is the life. And these are, of course, uh, attributes specific to God. The creation of all things belong to God. And here we are told that it is through the word that is God, that was God, was in the beginning with God, that created all things. So the apostle in the opening four verses leaves us without doubt or query as to who Christ is in his divinity. He is the word. He is God. But as we move into verse 14 of John chapter 1, we encounter the historical fact of his incarnation. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. This word who is God took flesh to himself. He was born of a virgin, born under the law. A miraculous birth that is foundational and crucial to Christianity. If our saviour is not part of mankind, he cannot save us. He cannot represent us in judgment. He cannot bear our punishment judicially. We need him to be both man and God. And so there's a couple benefits for us that come from him being born under this law being born by the woman, born into mankind, he took on humanity and therefore is born into the same situation as us. So firstly, he can stand in our place, bearing our guilt, suffering our punishment to justify us in the sight of God. See, if he cannot stand in our place, then he cannot rightly 
bear our guilt. He cannot rightly suffer our punishment and he cannot justify us. You see, as we look through the Old Covenant, we look at the sacrificial system that the Jews had and they sacrificed countless animals year after year, day after day. They never found justification in the sacrifices. You see, the sacrificial system all pointed forward to Christ who would be the fulfillment of that ordination. And is in the, obviously the sacrifice of Christ that all sacrifices can end because there's no more sacrifices needed or required. It is in his sacrifice that the punishment has been paid for in full in one person for us. And so like those animals under that old covenant where they would go and they would lay their hand on the head of the animal and there would be a kind of um, physical outward look of the passing of guilt from the sinner onto the sacrifice. You see, we look to Christ in faith and he takes our guilt from us. He takes our sin. He bears our sin and dies for our sin for us because we cannot save ourselves. We are sinful people, repulsive to a holy God and we require this sinless, holy sacrifice of the Son of God to save us from our own sin, to save us from the wrath of God and to take us into fellowship with God. And secondly, being born under the law, he can sympathize with our struggles. He can sympathize in our trials, our weaknesses, in our temptations. See, we have a savior who was one of us in almost every single way. We are sinful and yet he is sinless, but both of us have suffered in this life on earth. See, we have both been subjected to God's holy law, where we have transgressed it, but he perfectly fulfilled it. Christ was in the same situation as us, and rather than falling into what we have fell into, he pours us all out of it. He is sinless. He never sinned. He never had to confess sin. He was sinless. A perfect, spotless lamb, deserving of nothing but eternal life in and of himself, but took upon himself our sin, the weight and bearing the guilt of our sin, saving us from the predicament that we were in. And so we have in Christ a saviour who can sympathise with us, who has lived a life similar to us and yet suffered far more than most of us will ever suffer. And so John 1.10 explains to us that in receiving Christ, the true Christ, he gives us the right to become children of God. Only by ascending to the truth of Christ, receiving that knowledge of the true Christ and resting in that knowledge, can we become true children of God. See, this is in harmony with the teaching of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 verse 18, where he tells us that it is through Christ that we have access by one spirit to the Father. Only through Christ, this true living Christ, both man and God, can we have reconciliation and relationship with God. Truly, as the apostle tells us, Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And so after just briefly laying out an introduction to Christ in his divinity and Christ in his humanity, I just want to finish up by looking at the name Jesus Christ and what this signifies. Um, you see, this name has got special meaning to it. And so starting with Jesus, this is derived from the Hebrew Joshua and means salvation is from Yahweh. 
Christ, meanwhile, is the Greek for anointed, which is equivalent to the Hebrew Messiah. So his name truly means the anointed one who is the salvation from Yahweh. And so we find in Christ the fullness of our salvation. We find in Christ that he is truly God. We find in him that he is truly man. And we need him to be both God and man in order to be a worthy sacrifice and an able sacrifice for us to find our justification before the sight of a holy God. And I do hope from this episode to actually spring into some more in-depth episodes on who Christ is, um, specifically building out the doctrine of his godhood, of his humanity, looking at a few of those things, looking at his office as priest and prophet and king, looking at how he is bring us into relationship with God, into a communion with God and how we hold that with God, especially with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But this episode, I think, was very needed just to lay out very briefly and introductorily that Christ is God, that he is man, that he's an able sacrifice, that he justifies us before God. And it is in this Christ that we must rest for us with our saving faith in order to find salvation. If we do not have this Christ, if we have a different Christ who is not God, who is not man, then we have lost salvation. We have lost the cornerstone. We must hold to the to the, the foundational truth of the divinity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, and never give up either of these. And I do pray that this was helpful. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.